Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Audacity Academy with your host, Sarah Falciani. I am here with another incredible, incredible, incredible fucking person to have a conversation with for you guys. I am here today with Sophia LePage. She is a rebel queen and feminine embodiment and leadership coach. It makes me smile every time I say that title. It's so cool. (laughs) She's dedicated her life to helping women release the good girl guilt recover from burnout, reclaim their passion and their pleasure, and just infuel their life with all of the feminine radiance that they can imagine to create the life, love, everything of their dreams. So Sophia, thank you so much for being with us today on the Audacity Academy. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I love that introduction. I love the little spice that you added to it. I'm like, yes. <laughs> I try. I try. My best friend is always, that's the phrase that she uses to describe me. She's like, you're spicy, Sarah. You're spicy. So I just always like, that always makes me happy. Every time someone says spice, I'm like, ah, yes, <laughs> I try my best. I try my it. best. But yeah, I mean, you're a spicy, pretty spicy person yourself with all that. I'm just, ugh. So much good, beautiful feminine energy in your bio. I remember when you reached out to me, um, I was reading through everything that you have to offer and I just really resonated with everything that you do. So tell us a little bit about your story. How did you get to be the person that you are today? Yeah, so it was a pretty twisty and turny, a little bit spicy of a journey (laughs) actually to get here. So I feel like I kind of came out of the womb hustling and the majority of my life up until I was in my late 30s was really about like achieving um, validation, about finding my worth in who I could be for other people. So I was really wrapped up in people pleasing. Um, I was really concerned about fitting in and not rocking the boat and I had a lot of trouble actually speaking up at all because I was really worried about offending anyone. So, Mm -hmm. because my, the worst thing that I could think of was that somebody wouldn't like me or wouldn't understand me. So I just didn't tune in with my desires. I wasn't aware of who I, what my identity was outside of anybody else. Um, And by the time I was 29, I was totally burnt out from just trying to hit, you know, on that hamster wheel, trying to hit the goals, trying to feel worthy, trying to find um, my worth in success and chasing all the shiny objects and thinking like, oh, wait, this goal didn't really fulfill me. I still feel something's missing. So it must be the next one. It must be the next one. It must be the next one. And I was also in in a marriage. Um, And I was just feeling so trapped and so disconnected, right? I had no connection to my feminine, no connection to self-love, no connection to self-worth, no connection to what I wanted, what I desired in life. And I felt like I was living a life that was starting to feel like, wait a second, is this maybe it's not the outside things, you know, maybe it's not about changing this thing or that, maybe there's something in me that just doesn't fit here. And I had no real idea how to get out of it. I I didn't have good communication skills. I didn't have self-awareness. And so, and I was too scared to really look at what was happening. So I just carried on and I ended up, I, I always say like, if we don't take 
charge of our lives, then life takes charge. So, you know, things happen, (laughs) start happening to kind of force us to look at things. So what happened to me was I had an affair. I had actually a string of affairs and it was never a premeditated thing. It wasn't like I woke up and I'm like, I'm going to have an affair and blow up my life and blow up my reputation. It was just one thing leading to another. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, I've had an affair. And then, oh my God, I'm in love with this man. And oh my God, shit, I don't want to be married anymore. And so I ended up um, leaving my marriage for this guy and um, blowing up my good girl reputation and doing the things that were the absolute furthest from what I ever wanted, right? Because I was so caught up in being loved and liked by everyone. Suddenly I was the, this, you know, terrible (laughs) cheater. And so, which was kind of like the worst thing that I could imagine could happen to me. And in the aftermath of that, I really had to start looking at, wait, how did I get here? And who am I really? Am I really this terrible person or did I make decisions that weren't healthy? And why did I do that? And how do I not do that? And how do I take charge of my life so I'm not destroying it, not destroying other people's lives in the process? So that um, journey eventually led me to leave my life in London and travel the world and go to South America and travel with shamans and go to India and sit with gurus and eventually led me to Tantra, Kundalini Yoga and finally feminine embodiment. And once I found feminine embodiment, that's where all these pieces started to come come together. So I rediscovered my radiance. Um, I got deeper connected to my body. I rediscovered self-love, self-acceptance and um, changed started changing the way I lived my my life and so yeah so I never intended to do this work it kind of ended up happening through my own personal journey of putting the pieces of myself back together and then once I'd done that I was like wow this is so important and this is so not known in the world and I really want to help other women not have to go through what I went through to get to this place so yeah that's my story in a nutshell That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I like, wow, what a journey it's been. So do you feel like the word rebel keeps coming up from your bio and from like, I see the theme of it kind of where it tried to break through, like that rebel really was trying to break through and it led you to make decisions that were rebellious. And it was almost in spite of the good girl energy and, and, and image you were trying to put out. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think that all my life, I never really fit in, but I resisted that so much. And so I think there's two different types of rebellion, right? There's rebellion in a really destructive way where you're kind of burning down your life, you're you're sort of ripping things apart, or you can have rebellion in this way that's is sort of um, enlivening, enriching from a space of love rather than fear. Mm -hmm. And that's what I, what I focus on now. It's like, how can I create, instead of destroying something old, how can I create something new from a place of love and create a space where other people want to join me there? So I think a lot of the time, 
we we can focus in society on trying to take things down trying to fight against the system i'm like that's such a waste of energy let's focus on what we want to build instead because if we build you know it's like if you build it they'll come like that's my real philosophy in life is like let's put our energy into what we want to create and make it really freaking awesome and then other people are going to be magnetized there absolutely absolutely i love how you made the distinction between building something up and doing it from a place of love versus doing it from a place of fear or resentment or hatred, or I don't like to use positive and negative, but it is more productive versus more destructive. I would say, um, I always try to draw that parallel when I'm talking to someone or teaching them about boundaries. I'm like you boundaries from a place of disliking someone else or boundaries and, and rebellion and taking action because you want to hurt or harm or, protect yourself is a totally different energy from doing it because you love yourself and you want to create a space for you to fully express yourself and build, you know, do, do what you were put on this earth to do basically. And it sounds like you're doing, you're doing exactly that with yourself and with your clients. Yeah. And I think boundaries are so important because it's, it's like, the thing is a lot of the time I feel like in the past, I never had any boundaries, right? I, I didn't, and that was because I didn't have a connection to myself. So I didn't know when I was outside of myself, which is how I ended up, you know, having an affair. I, I was so far out of myself that I didn't even know because I had no real sense of self. And I think that that also comes back to doing in feminine embodiment. One of the practices that I really love to invite women into is learning how to circulate their sexual energy and self-source that radiance from within and it's literally bringing your energy into your bodies and, and moving it through the spine right which is the core the center of the body so it's it's in a almost a visceral way bringing you into yourself and when you're inside of yourself and you know like where you begin and where you end you you know when you're starting to step outside of that and we we all can you know have moments of that right like i can still have moments where i start to come outside of myself and i'm like oh wait hang on a second like i'm coming outside of myself let me come back to my why let me come back to the truth of who i am is this serving me is this serving the world is this serving the other and if it's taking me outside of myself and the answer is no it's not and so i think that it's approaching boundaries from a space of like us having loving boundaries is the most loving thing that we can do for every person that we interact with in our lives absolutely so different people i, I know when that that stepping outside feeling that you're describing for me i feel anxiety that when my anxiety spikes that's like the number one flag that goes off in my head. That's like, you're stepping outside of yourself. We need to reel it back in. We need to do some self-reflection, but I know it, that that bell can kind of go off in your mind and it looks a little different for different people. What does it look like for you? For me, it looks like, um, getting, starting to get caught up in what other people need or want. Mm. So it will be like, I, I start, I could start you know, as the old people pleaser, right? Start being like, forgetting what is this good for me and thinking about like, oh, how can I, how can I help? How can I support? What can I do here? And so, it, and then what happens is then I start getting like drained and tired. And then I also start getting confused about what I actually want. So if I start getting confused about what I want, I know, oh, wait a second. <laughs> 
we need to come back in. <laughs> What's it? Like, hello, come uh, yeah. Back. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. Because why? We all have all the answers are inside of us. We always know our intuition. And we have that trust and that relationship and that faith in ourselves. And we are very centered. We're very in tune with our intuition. That's the entire purpose. It's the whole reason to be self-aware is to be in tune with that. So I love that that is like your, like your intuition starts calling to you like, nah, 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 nah. you're doing it for other people. Again, people, please, Eric, don't people, please. <laughs> oh my goodness. So is it always the work that you do with your clients? Is it always taken in the direction of, um, like sexual energy and that kind of internal energetic work? Um, so when I work with clients, so we, we, um, it's all around feminine energy. So that's part of it, but it's also about getting in touch with their intuition and their desire. It's about, um, like letting pleasure be kind of like a guiding force for where they're headed. And I work with women, you know, inside of themselves in their relationships and also in their businesses. Mm -hmm. So I feel that there's such a, it's, it feels like for a lot of women still and in our society, which is super patriarchal, you know, at the moment is that it, it feels like women have to, or have this, this feeling that they need to kind of put on a mask or put on a masculine shield as they go out into the world in order to be successful, in order to kind of like, um, you know, make something of themselves in order to be powerful, in order not to be taken advantage of. And a lot of the feminine qualities of, you know, being connected to the emotions, um, being in flow and, holding those like loving boundaries is seen as kind of weak. And so what I am encouraging women to do is to recognize that they can be in their feminine and be powerful and still have their masculine in there, right? Because we all all need that. I, I think that there's a lot of stuff in feminine energy teachings where it's like women should only be feminine and men should only be masculine. And I don't agree with that at all. I think that we need both, but yes. it's it's where the balance is. And if a woman has moved so far over into a masculine that her feminine doesn't feel safe then what happens is she starts to feel tired drained disconnected from her desire disconnected from her vision it's hard to create things right it feels like everything's being forced so i'm helping women come back into that space of yeah of like what are you what like turns you on in in all the ways not just in a sexual kind of way mm -hmm. So how, what feels good to you in business? What feels good to you in communication? What feels good to you like with physical health and fitness and food, all of those areas is, is what you work with them on. Yeah, because I think that, and I feel in my experience has been our desire, which is what feels good. And it doesn't mean it's easy, right? It's not easy always to go with what feels good. It can actually be the most challenging thing to do. So it's not like oh, life just is like easy and whatever, it's just simple. I'm so glad you said that. I'm sorry, I have to interject. I'm so <laughs> glad you said that because two of the biggest issues that I have personally seen and had with feminine energy coaching in the industry is the one shutting off the masculine completely and like totally rejecting the masculine, which I think is a problem um, and very unhealthy. And then also 
the lie that what feels good is always the easiest. I mean, I get the path of least resistance, but sometimes the path of least resistance is leaving your marriage or setting that boundary or burning your business to the ground and doing something that you really want to do. Sometimes it's the biggest, scariest, hardest thing that you can do, but it feels like, of course, like that has right. to be it. It's that, it's that, I love that you're drawing that distinction for them and teaching them that. Love, love, yeah. love. <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad that that, yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like there's in the resistance to like in the, in the shoulds, because I think that a lot of people are in the shoulds, right? This is our society. This is how we've grown up. This is what you need to be do to be successful. This is who you should be. This is how you should think. This is how you should eat. This is how you should feel. This is what you should do if you want to attract a man. You know, there's all these shoulds. And when we are trying to live in this should place and like, okay, let me check off the boxes and this is how you're living your life. What happens is it's really freaking tiring to do all that stuff. And it's like such, so disconnected from, well, does this actually suit me? Like, am I actually aligned with this? And so in the feeling good, right, which is the desire is like, does this feel like I'm, I'm like, contracted, I'm squished, I'm not, or do I feel expanded in this? Do I feel like, oh, I can breathe again? Do I feel like, oh, this is me, mm-hmm. you know? And there's something that's so liberating in that feeling of like, wow, I'm finding myself again. And that can be a freaking hard process, but it's at the, at the end of the day, I don't believe that we are here as humans or as women incarnated into these bodies with this soul to kind of like try to be like everybody else. I think we're, we have our own unique expression, um, qualities, life experience, challenges, opportunities. And there's something that we get to do with that. If we start tuning in with who we are and following those threads of desire, which are the, I feel the whispers of the soul of like calling us forward, like, Hey, look over here. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> this is what's available for you. This is possible <laughs> on the other side of you being really scared and it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay that you feel scared. It's okay that there's doubt. I'm taking you somewhere new. It's kind of scary, but it's going to be amazing. So it's that mm-hmm. I feel. And it's even harder for people who have been struggling with people pleasing their whole lives. Yeah. The good girls of the world, those, those people pleasers, God love them. God love us. Cause you and I, it sounds like you and I have both been there. I still struggle with it. I probably will always struggle with those natural tendencies to want to, to take care of everyone else, to meet others needs before my own. And of course there's a time and place where you do do that in, in parenting in caregiving, there's a, there is a time and a place, but that's where boundaries come in. And that's a conversation for a different time, but teaching someone who struggles with that and who has struggled with that their whole lives to start listening and trusting those whispers of the soul, as you call them, it's because our conditioning rejects it. Our, reject, our, our conditioning tells us to have earmuffs on. Like what we need doesn't matter. If we're, if we're hearing our soul calling out, I have a need, I have a need, I have a need. We go, shut the fuck up. I'm not going to give that to you because everyone else is more important than me. And I'm selfish and bad if I listen to you. So how do you, how did you learn how to walk through that and like start listening to your own intuition? Yeah, I realized that, underneath it all 
the deeper, deeper desire. And I think it's about connecting with what's the deeper desire. So the deeper desire of any good girl, people pleaser, right, is really to serve, you know, is to, is to like, so is to to help people is to create a space of love is to nurture and that deeper desire is a beautiful thing but if we are living this very small life where we're not tuning in with ourselves where everything's about like how can i make this person happy or how can i not rock the boat here or there that desire to serve happens in a very small way whereas when we start to step outside of that then it's like how do i serve the world like what what's the bigger message here and for me start anchoring into what is my soul mission? What am I, what's the bigger desire to serve? Helped me have the courage to start to say things and live in a way that was outside of the box. Cause I'm like, no, there's, there's a deeper why here. And it doesn't matter that I feel uncomfortable in this moment. You know, I need to follow this. And I think that's a big thing, but it starts in small ways. It starts with, um, I feel getting into connection with other people who feel differently. Like I'm, I now have a, a friendship group, right? Where we, we say the real thing, where if somebody is like, you know, bleeding, they're on their menstrual cycle and somebody's organized an event and they've said yes. And then they're bleeding and they're like, oh my God, I just need to be in bed or whatever. Or I just, they're like, Hey, I'm, I really need to take care of myself today. And everyone's like, amazing. We celebrate that. So it, it can also be like looking for those people in your life. And if you don't have them, then finding some people joining a women's circle, you know, <laughs> like finding people online where you, they're actually going to celebrate you for taking care of yourself mm -hmm. because the more positive reinforcement you can get of that, the easier and easier it's going to become. Absolutely. I started at the beginning of the year, I got this idea to start hosting self-care nights at my house. And so I just invited like a group of nine or 10 women. And I literally put it out there in the, in the invitation. I was like, this is a self-care night. And that includes, however, if it's an hour before the party's supposed to start and you are like fully in a space where you just need to stay home and like take care of yourself, you're still honoring the idea of the self-care night. Like that is still something we will support mm -hmm. and celebrate. We will be here as a community in our pajamas with a glass of wine to come together and, and laugh and have a good time and eat good food. But we will also be sending you good vibes if you need to stay home. It's so, so, so important to have a community of people who don't want to take from you because givers, what happens with givers, people, pleasers, good girls, we tend to get sucked into the land of the takers. We naturally are like absorbed by people who want to just take our energy and take and take and take and take. It's very unhealthy. Yep. Definitely been there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How did you start nurturing healthier friendships? Um, well, it actually started with me realizing that my friendships and my relationships were unhealthy in that way. So I had, after my marriage and the affair and that relationship that went on for four and a half years with a, a man who had a lot of mental health issues and it was very toxic, 
I then ended up as I started my spiritual journey, falling in love with a man that I met at a Tantra training, who was one of the teachers who uh, turned out to be a real, like a legit narcissist. Um, and, you know, lied about his mother dying to get money and things like that, like really crazy stuff. There's a lot of this, <laughs> ladies, if you're listening, like, well, obviously you're listening. There's a lot of this in the spiritual community. There's a lot of men who are kind of like the spiritual fuck boys who have all the lingo and are no better than any other dude who's just the average Joe on the street are probably worse because they have this. Yeah. They just know how to speak your language. They know how to say the right things. And it's just, Ooh, you start intentionally sending messages on at one eleven, and you're, yeah. you know, <laughs> they know how to get you. They know how to get exactly. you. <laughs> yeah. So, so I had this relationship and it, when it ended, I would at the on the other side of that and he, he ended it but I stuck around for months I was still paying for him I was still and I, so I really was like this was the low point for me in terms of like relationships and on the other side of that when I finally got away from him I was like what happened to me like how did this happen like and what's the next one gonna be like because this uh, this is I was like the next one I could see a vision of myself you know on one of those like uh Netflix um documentaries about the the person that steals your identity or the serial killer that you didn't know was a serial I was like this is it's 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 like down all downhill from here like this isn't I was like I need to do something and I looked at I I I looked started looking at what are the patterns like how did I get here what who was I being how did I attract this man and I realized that in all of my relationships, almost all of them, and almost and many of my friendships, I was attracted to people who appeared to be confident because I wasn't confident. And I was attracted to people who who initially kind of love bombed me, like that you're amazing, you're this, you're that, and sort of made me feel really powerful in myself. And then once they had me started eroding that. And because I was so lacking in confidence, I didn't, and, and was so insecure, I didn't realize that they were also insecure. They just had this front on. And so we both were wearing a mask of confidence and underneath super insecure. So once I realized that, I was like, wait a second, this is played out in all these different relationships and all these different friendships. So I really need to do something now. And and I I started to, that's when I was also like, I need to do some self-love work because I need to recognize that I don't need to be anything for anyone in order to be loved or chosen. Like I can just be me. Mm -hmm. So I started noticing if I was in friendships where what the energy reciprocation was like if i was doing a lot of giving if i was doing a lot of planning if i was doing a lot of going to them being there for them was i receiving that in return and if i wasn't then i started to distance myself from those friendships so and when once i made that choice it wasn't like I then had to actively go out and seek these new friendships. It's just that I started meeting people who there was more reciprocation with. So I often feel like once we start, once we recognize a pattern, right? And we're like, universe, 
I understand. <laughs> I got the message. You don't need to keep sending me these these people in, you know, the same thing in a different outfit, I've got it now, then it's like you kind of like get to go to the next level and that you start being brought things and magnetizing things in your life that match the new place where you're stepping into. Absolutely. And it's in, it, the, those friendships that were more mutually beneficial may have been there all along, but as long as you were craving and looking for something that was satisfying your need to have your ego stroked, you weren't, you weren't seeing the potential healthy friendships. You really weren't. I mean, that's happened. That's a story in my life. That's absolutely how it played out for me. And it was that, okay, I've got, I've got the point. I hear you loud and clear. I've got the message. I'm sure I was trying, I'm sure you were trying to teach me this lesson in the past life. I know you've tried to teach it to me a thousand times in this life we're done. We're not, we're raising the standards. We're no longer available for that. And we start looking for different things. It's just, it's so cool how awareness works that way. Manifestation works that way. Um, alignment works that way. Really what you want, if you're looking for what you want, you're looking for abundance. You're looking for healthy relationships. You're looking for, um, you know, a spiritual group of friends to connect with. You're looking for all of that. It will, you'll find it you find it. It's like when you're looking for a hummingbird, if you're looking for a hummingbird, you're probably going to see a hummingbird. If you're looking for a yellow car, you're probably going to see the yellow car. But if you're looking for a white car, you're never even going to notice if that yellow car passed you or not. Right. Yeah. It's so true. That actually happened with my, my second husband. So I'm married again. And, um, I, I knew him for a year before we got together we live in Bali in Indonesia. So it's a, and in, we were living in a place called Ubud. So it's a super small town, small community. And I knew him for a year. Every time I would go on a date, he would always be there kind of messing with my date flow. <laughs> like, I'm like, what are you doing? Get out of my way. Oh. Um, and I was doing all this work to manifest my man and blah, 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 and like, right having, the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And I was getting like, I was getting information, like his hair, his hands, different things about him. And he was literally like the, his hair. This is my husband's hair, his hands. This is his hands. Like the things that I were getting were him, but I, I, he was, it was so out of my, um, what I what I thought that I wanted that I didn't even notice these that the guy was right there in front of me and and it wasn't until I actually sort of I think I went to some I was like doing a lot of work to just open my heart up and once I got to that space where I was truly ready for another relationship within a week or two we were dating we we had our first date and we've been together ever since so it was just but i if you would have told me a year before that this was my future husband i would have been like um what do i need to do to change this reality because that's not true <laughs> oh i'm sure he would love to hear that <laughs> but but it's nothing about him because he's an amazing, amazing, beautiful, incredible man. I just had so many, I was so caught up in my thing. Like I just had so many judgments and projections that were totally off, you know, because I, I, and also because I'd come out of that relationship with the narcissist. So I was incredibly distrusting of any man. So I was just like looking at everyone with a microscope and projecting onto them. If they were nice, I just thought they must be an asshole basically. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, 
Yep. <laughs> like, why are you being nice to me? Uh-huh. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> or it triggers our codependency, you know, because narcissists mess us up so bad that we become, we become the pendulum swings us from being like super giving to being a little narcissistic ourselves. And it's just these, those toxic patterns are very difficult. It takes a lot of inner work. It takes a lot of awareness. It takes a lot of uh, building the relationship with ourselves and learning how to trust ourselves and our intuition, which at the end of the day, every single conversation I feel like I have on this podcast comes back to building a relationship with yourself. You have to have a healthy relationship with yourself before you can even begin to see the potential of a healthy relationship with a friendship or in a romantic way. Um, it's a really beautiful journey. So long as people are willing to open their eyes to the reality that this is the way it kind of has to be. If you really want healthy relationships with your life, do you ever have to like, do you find when your clients come to you, they're at that point where they're like, okay, I realize what needs to happen. Or do they come to you for some other reason? And you have to kind of like navigate and guide them back to the starting point. Um, I feel like my clients are usually pretty aware that something needs to shift and they, you, they're in a space of like, Hey, like I have these patterns and I want to shift them. I don't know how to shift them, but I know they need to shift. Mm -hmm. So they're aware that they're responsible, you know, like they're taking personal responsibility for their lives. They're just not exactly sure how to, how to, you know, create something new, which I think is a really powerful position to be in for somebody like, you know, because if you have to, it makes my out what we can do together so much more potent and powerful too, because they're already in a space of personal responsibility. So they're just like, just, you know, help me, like, let me know what I need to do and I'm going to do it. And everything that I give to them, they're like, right, I actioned that and this happened. So they're very proactive. Um, They're usually, you know, like I work with women who are high achievers, so they're really good at getting stuff done. (laughs) And it's more often like, it's like, okay, let's do a little bit less, (laughs) you know, like let's slow it down a little bit, take a little more time for integration, like it's more about helping them uh, learn to be more gentle with themselves, learn to soften, create more safety for their feminine, open in a gentler kind of way. So it's not, you know, the hardcore like, let's get 20 gazillion things done in like one day. That I don't need you to call me out like that, Sophia. <laughs> like easy, easy. How did you know I still have 19 things left on my to-do list today? <laughs> This whole conversation is resonating. Like I am going to have to send you an email when we're done. (laughs) Seriously. I love the work that you're doing because it's like, we can only push so far. We can only try to be something we're not for so long. And we're women. We're powerful. The feminine is unbelievably powerful as the masculine is powerful as well. But if you learn how to balance those two energies within yourself and really tap into what the best of what each has to offer and marry them together, that is really when you get to the point where there's nothing you can't accomplish. When you learn how to listen and tap into the masculine, you learn how to honor your feminine and tap into that when the occasion calls for it. Your sex life gets better. Finances get better. Manifestation game gets better. Your relationships 
boundaries, everything just gets so much healthier because it's like your body and your soul is finally where it was born to be. And that's just absolutely the most beautiful thing in the world. I love the work that you're doing. Ah, it's so cool. Love, love, love it. We are running out of time though. So Sophia, tell us where is the best place for the humans? If they are resonating with your story, love you, want to connect with you, want to work with you. What's the best way to get in touch with you? The best place to go is to my website, sophialapage.com. On there, I have every way that you can connect with me. There's links to my social media. So I have Instagram. I started my TikTok recently and I'm really loving that, which so surprised me because I was so against TikTok for so long, but I'm actually really enjoying it on there. Uh, I have a private Facebook group. You can also find ways the, the ways to get in contact with me if you want to work um, together with me one-on-one or I also have uh, self-study options um, from programs that I've run previously, embodiment classes like Rebel Queen Kundalini, um, which I have in bundles that you can do. It's my favorite embodiment practice, the one I still do for myself. I actually play my own class and get guided by myself, which is a very meta moment and kind of weird, but I love it. Um, <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for it. It's awesome. I listen to my own podcast in the background while I'm like cooking sometimes. And I'm like, this is oddly therapeutic. <laughs> It's like, did I really say that? Wow, that bitch is smart. <laughs> it's a very interesting out-of-body experience oh, kind absolutely. of um, Yes, and, and if you do connect with me on social media, please send me a message. Let me know that you listened. Let me know what you loved or what resonated from this um, podcast. I really like connecting with people who are following me because I don't like this idea of like everyone's just this random like little name that I have no idea. So I like to know who's in my in my audience and connect. Um, and yeah, so that's how you can find me. And thank you so much for having me. Oh my God, this has been such a good conversation. It was Very so spicy. much fun. I loved it. And guys, <laughs> as always, I will go ahead and place all of the links in the description with this episode. So you'll be able to just click a button and go right to the website and connect with her. Like, please connect with her. Everyone needs her work. You need to be following her. You need to stay in her world. You need to learn from her. She's a beautiful person, a beautiful soul. I've loved this conversation so much. Sophia, thank you so much for joining me today. And my audience, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Audacity Academy. And I will see you next week.